Welcome to Dwelling in Magic. My name is Angie, and I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. Her name is Sarah Morris, and she is a singer-songwriter. She's a mother. She has her own YouTube show called Toilet Tunes. Go watch them. They're so wonderful. I just watched all 100, I think. She's a podcaster, performer. She has a blog. I swear this lady has probably gotten up and gone for a run and written a song before you even have rolled over and thought about getting up. She's so impressive and has so many practices in place to set herself up for success as a creator. I was so inspired and I know you will be too. So with no further ado, here is Sarah. It is so much fun. I'm in Shoreview, Minnesota today with Sarah and I grew up in Shoreview. So it's kind of a blast from the past going past the place where I took my driver's test. Yes. Did you pass? The first no, time? No, I didn't. <laughs> really? No, it was a really snowy day. And so I had passed, actually. I was sitting in the car with the person who was giving the test, and they said, will you drive me up to the, back to the station house? Because yeah. there was so much snow, and it was really cold. I'm like, sure. So I'm driving, but there was huge snow banks. And right, I went around a snow bank, and there was a car, and I had to slam on my brakes. <gasps> and they said, he took the license back. Shush! Really? Crushing. Oh my gosh, that's a big deal. I know. So and that night I was going to go with my friends. I was going to drive. I don't know where we were going to go, but. You're going to go somewhere could, amazing. Somewhere in a minivan. That's right. So, I don't know. Did you grow up around here? Yes. I grew up in, mostly in Roseville area, Falcon Heights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, but I took my driver's ed test at mm-hmm. the same place. Yeah. Did I you pass? did pass on my first time. Of course. Because it was my birthday and I remember then getting to drive like oh, on my fair. birthday but I know yeah yeah my birthday was not quite as fun because of that. no there's it a it's hard I know it's it's a tricky thing with taking it on your birthday it is because you feel kind of sad if your mom still has to drive you right. <laughs> but anyway yeah uh, it is kind of fun to be back in this yeah. neighborhood but I just recently saw you at the Dolly Park tribute night oh and yes. that was so much fun to oh, hear you there gosh. it was such a fun event they did such a beautiful job putting it on like everybody involved from top to bottom was extraordinary such a crude group. Have you met a lot of those other singers before, or had you? Uh, Faith Boblett's someone that I've gotten to work with from time to time. Molly Brandt is someone who had been on my Toilet Tunes. She's amazing. Leslie Vincent and I have done Toilet Tunes together, and I knew Laura Hugo, and I knew Savannah. Turn, turn, turn was there, so mm-hmm. Savannah, Barb, and Adam. Claire Doyle was my first time meeting her. My first time meeting Rachel Calvert. I'm trying to remember who all the people were. Yeah, but you've known, um, you know, good and, handful. Of them. Yeah, and then Seth doing too, too little to be stormtroopers. That's the organization that puts it, the band that puts it on. They were just, just phenomenal. So good. Oh my gosh, I loved all the songs you sang. But Islands in the Stream was really special. Yes, it was fun. That was really a fun night. It was so. Yeah. So, well, Thanks I had talked to you before, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to that night. Right. Because I'm the hugest Dolly Parton. Are you? Oh. Well, that's I easy to be. Her. Yeah. It is. It is. If you're dwelling in magic, she's a good place to start. I think she is. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, tell me, how did you, growing up in Roseville, were you always the kid who was singing or in band yeah. or playing instruments? Yeah, I I mean, so before I lived in Roseville, I did live in Northeast for a minute, and my the way I grew up was in those first few years was we lived in this fourplex and my I was on the ground floor and my aunt was next door and my aunt was musical she played in the like she played church music and she always had her guitar around and my mom had a beautiful voice and 
their brother was in a band and so I was around music and I definitely just was always singing in the living room and it was like early MTV time so I wanted to be Madonna and Cyndi Lauper and all of those things (laughs) and then when we moved to Roseville, Roseville had a really great music program um, throughout and so I sang everywhere I could. I was in all the choirs and the musicals and all of that and then went to college and got a degree in music ed with a vocal performance uh, emphasis and then I moved to Nashville. I mean, it's just, it's always been singing. Uh There's never been a plan B. No. And when you got musical education, did you want to teach it? I thought I did Uh because... Well, because music teachers have changed my life over and over again, right? So who wouldn't want to be part of that? And I really loved learning about education. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, And I still, like reading about what makes a good teacher and ways to reach different humans, still think that's fantastic. In practice, I was not a good teacher. Really? So... How come, did you figure that out by teaching? For well, a I bit? did student teaching, and that was, that's not really where you figured out, I suppose. I like, I did student teaching in Chicago, actually, which was really great. And then when I was done student teaching, I got a position as a, like someone was on maternity leave. So I was a three month choir teacher. And I, that, which is a perfect way to kind of learn that I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think this is what I, want to do actually because to be a great choir teacher that's what I would fully be and I still wanted to sing you know I still wanted to perform and then I moved to Nashville and and that that was that what was Nashville like for you Nashville was wonderful it have you been I have not been to Nashville it's which is ridiculous yeah it's a different town now Mm -hmm. than when I lived there but still wonderful yeah um Nashville was super welcoming Everybody was there mostly at the same kind of like, well, I kind of want to do this thing. So everyone you met was in need of friends, in need of family. So it was really easy to say like, hey, let's be buddies, right? Because everyone's open. We're not, you're not previously tethered, I think, which is something that I presume people who move to Minnesota don't experience in the same way because we're all very tethered. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, not that it's not crackable, but it's just different it takes, in Nashville. It takes- some, it takes a little bit longer, yeah, maybe. And yeah. it's, we're more insular. Yeah. And because everyone's moved there, it's just everyone's open in a different way. So I loved it. Um, I learned so much. I heard such fantastic music everywhere. So it really... I always think of that as grad school, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't in school. But I, it's like grad school of life. Were you playing out a lot? I played out some. I wrote some. I did a lot of harmony singing for one of my dear friends. I... So that was like my 22 to 26 year old self. And I didn't go, I was just nervous enough to not like be going all in, right? Like I never was like, I'm doing this fully, but I did this. You know, I took voice lessons, I took guitar lessons, I did songwriting rounds, I wrote, I I lived, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was time to. Yeah, I just come back. my husband. So I got married within that time. Um, and did you meet him in Nashville? Nope. We actually went to middle school and high school together. Uh, so did you date in those years? We dated in high school, and then we broke up for six years, and then got back together right before I moved to Nashville. So we had a year where he still lived here, we were long distance, and then he moved down to Nashville for the last three years. Um, and he wanted to go to law school and he got a scholarship here. And so we were contemplating, he could have gone 
just law school in Nashville, but we knew that we'd want to have kids and that we'd want to have kids by our families. And musically, I just felt like it was okay to leave because I loved uh, everything about it. I loved my friends. I loved the community. I loved learning. But I do know that while I was there, the writing I was doing was aimed at a national standard of writing versus like finding my own voice. So I think it's like I learned a ton in that four-year period and then I needed to come home and sort of gradually figure out who I was. I wouldn't have done that there because the desire to be, oh, you want to be a number one hit songwriter was really strong. Mm-hmm. It was a very loud, a loud goal. Everyone's going to have that goal. And that actually isn't my goal, but I wouldn't have known it had I stayed. When when you came back here, were you still writing with the same fervor, or what? It was yeah, like it was interesting. So in Nashville, writing is co-writing all the time. Is it? Do you okay. write songs? I mean, I write. I yes, I've written some songs. Like yeah, my last album, I wrote half of them. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So in Nashville, pretty much all of it's co-writing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really write a single. I never wrote a song by myself until I moved back home, and so it was scared me quite a bit to start that journey and I wrote a few songs I started performing more here what was interesting was here I could perform and get paid yes as long as I learned some covers so I I learned some covers and I would do these like three-hour restaurant shows where you know it would be mostly covers and with some originals and then over time as I learned you know more original you know started to figure out my feet in that way my feet, figure myself out in that way. I don't know. Get my feet wet. Yes. I think is more what I meant. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah. 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 Then, so has that just continued over the And it's just continued. You know, it was very slow. Everything I've done musically, I think, has been slow and steady. It's mm-hmm. There's not been any big leaps except for in, I would in my story, I would pinpoint 2014 as a year where the 2011 and 2014 as years where I took leaps toward a more dedicated musical practice. And what does that look like? What did it look like? Yeah. Uh, 2011 was, so our son was 18 months old. And so by the time, just to back it up a little bit, very slow, steady, like increasing my performance, increasing my writing. And then I got pregnant. And when I was pregnant, I didn't write. I had nothing to say. (laughs) <laughs> and when he was young, young, I had nothing to say other because I was tired and, yes. you know, variety of, didn't know what I was doing as a parent. So, um, when he was 18 months old and started to, he was highly verbal and his ability to suddenly voice his own things meant that I was not using my brain to figure out what he meant, you know? Mm-hmm. You know yes, that period. I do. And so I suddenly heard. my own words came to my brain again. So I wrote six songs in a real hot flash, you know. And I also started playing with a new guitar player that year because my, at one point my husband, my guitar player, but then work meant he had to stop. Then my dear friend Eric Bloomquist was my guitar player, but then he opened a studio, so he had to stop. And then in 2011, I met Thomas Nordland. So these two things happened that year that meant I put out an album, and I sort of began forming a band for the first time. And that was a big leap. And from 2011 to 2013, the band was 
percolating and we were practicing more. In that time, I had another baby and stopped writing again. Mm-hmm. Um, but my bandmates and I in 2013 started doing... Have you ever done The Artist's Way? Since yes, you dwell in magic, I feel like... Yes, I have. It's one <laughs> of the more times. magical books out there. I've done it yes. twice as well. And the 2013 version was with two of my bandmates, Andrew and Thomas. And that was a really profound... Like, that was the, you know, growing period underground that was required for 2014 which is when we'll just give this metaphor when I blossomed when I bloomed when I grew like visible things and decided to join this songwriting group and suddenly went from having written no songs in a year to writing 12 songs in 12 weeks because I signed up to this group which is one of the more magical acts. I don't know how much you actually want to talk about magic, but this is that would be one of the more magical acts that I've ever participated in, was saying yes to this uh, stranger who invited anyone, but I'll pretend it was just me, to join a group. And are you still in the songwriting I'm group? I'm still in the songwriting group. Oh my gosh, how many of you are in it? Well... Or does it fluctuate a little It bit? does fluctuate mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I was just talking through it with somebody... The other day, the first summer we did it, so the premise of it is you write a song a week in the summer Mm -hmm. based on a prompt, and as soon as you're done with your song, you share it with the internet. Mm -hmm. And when I first saw the invitation, it scared the pants right off of me. This sounds very frightening. Yes. Because I've been writing no songs, and the thought that I would not only write a song, finish it, but share it right away, horrifying. But it was the right kind of horrifying. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's a time when you're scared in a way that says, I think I need to do this thing. Yes. And um, that summer, I feel like there's probably 10 of us. And that by the end of the 12 weeks, there's maybe six of us who did every prompt. And then now, when the new set... So it's a two, twice a year, the seasons roll. We have a winter season and a summer season. We're currently in the winter season. And our first week had 70 writers. So it's a much more expansive group. I think right now we're probably down to 40, but it's big now. It's amazing. beautiful. It's beautiful. The I want to join the start, summer one. Can you, you join? Can yeah. you just join? Anybody can join. Mm-hmm. But Laurel, the woman who started it, like, I don't know. I think of her as a, a true magic person, the way she's brought us all together. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've written a ton of songs. Yeah. And, and yes, yeah. Some of them good, some of them not. Eh, Absolutely, them and grown comfortable with that. You know, I just put out a song yesterday that I don't feel fully comfortable with as a song, like, that I shared with the world. It's not my best work, mm-hmm. but it's fine, because that isn't the call. The call is not to share only my best work. The call, to me, is to share the process and the fact that sometimes we write crappy songs and sometimes we write excellent songs, and who knows what either of those songs are anyways, because it's all subjective, and yes. just to do the work and then move on and do the work again. That sounds like an amazing group, actually. Like, that is, yes. like, to have that accountability to yeah. do something and knowing that other people are going to do it. And then also getting over yourself a little bit. Like, just getting over yourself so much. <sighs> Up until last summer, I had watched every song everyone did. Like, because that's part of it is you, you feedback. You mm-hmm. not, you cheerlead. It's never like, what if you tried this? The feedback is almost always like, this is my favorite line and you're awesome. Because you're writing so fast, you don't have time to edit anyways. Uh, and that's just the culture there is very much like, bravo, you did the thing. Last summer, the 
the group grew so large that I fell behind in my listening. I did as, and this winter it's similar and I miss being able to say I've heard everyone's songs Mm -hmm. because it feels good. It feels good to be fully part of all of that. But the trade-off is it's that big. It's that beautiful, you know? So I'm, I'm consoling myself with, I've had to let go a little bit of that. And it's okay because it means the group has expanded and is touching more lives and all the things. And all the people making music. Is it's it pretty, amazing. Is it a lot of women or is it pretty mixed? Not enough women. Let's say that. Really? Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. My, always, always my call is can we have more women in this group? There definitely are some. Mm-hmm. And also I love the men that are in the group. And um, But I, my, my wondering has often been if it's natural you know, like the way women have been cultured, that it's harder to share imperfection for women. Mm. I don't know that that's true. I don't know, but that's what I wonder sometimes. If we're, if it's harder for us to share the shitty first the, draft. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get your animal out. Yes. 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 In fact, I think definitely I resonate with that. Like, yeah. It's getting easier, I guess, because I started a podcast and I'm yeah. like, oh, it's okay to not be great at something at right? first and then get better. Be it's ready. actually kind of thrilling and but I wouldn't have known that the, you know that first it was only scary to be not so good at something and share it. Mm-hmm. You know both like song by song but also like when I start new projects I'm like I don't really know how to like I just started this interview series last summer and I was like I don't know how to do that but I'm going to do it. And I love learning. I wonder if you're braver on all fronts now because of that songwriting experience. Well, I am. Yeah. Oh, yes. Maybe. I think so. I mm-hmm. think I think that that changed my ability to say I have no authority in this area. Like I don't know anything, but I want to try it, and I want to be bad at it. And I want to learn from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just that kind of stuff thrills me in a way that it didn't when I was little. Yeah. Oh yeah, me or, too. What yeah, was what is your series called? Your interview series? Oh, it's called About That Song. It's through the it's I partnered with the Adventures in Americana blog, so they have a really great website. And I wanted to partner rather than I put out a lot of stuff on my own, right? But it's nice that they host it and they um, they're just they do wonderful things. So I'm really honored that the content lives there. But it's uh, invite interest I interview songwriters and I say what was the song that made you want to be a songwriter tell us about that song and there's a couple other things that happened but Uh it's been really cool is there a song that made you want to be a songwriter yeah where have you been by Kathy well sung by Kathy Matea but written by other people I feel like that was I don't that one was like just a changer of my life in a lot of ways it was like the first country song I was really into um, because I came from Mariah Carey I see. Mm-hmm. I love her still, you know. But um, but yeah, where have you been? Do you know that song? How does it go? It's I think I do. It's about Claire and Edward, and they it's their love story through like three scenes, and eventually they're in like a nursing home. Oh and yes. Somebody, oh yes. 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 Like, she sang it on the Grammys. That was how I was exposed to it, and it made me cry. And I was like, oh, songs can make me cry, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I'm now I'm remembering it and I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. Like I remember that song for sure. Yeah. 90s country was super pivotal for me in like I just loved it so much and I think that the song structure 
that I learned in Nashville and from the 90s country, like that lives in everything I do. So there's a country, there's a country foundation for sure. There's a pop foundation like in there. Um, but I think Americana is the umbrella that it fits mm-hmm. most neatly under. That is so <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, what was I just going to ask? Oh, can you tell me about your toilet tunes? This is... Yeah. So we, I know one person who's been on your toilet tunes. You probably know I more probably, than that. I probably do. Actually, I need to go back and look at all well, of your toilet tunes. there's 120 episodes, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. I started it accidentally in 2016. Accidentally how? Mm-hmm. Were you in the bathroom? Okay. Singing? Sort of. So I did a Kickstarter for an album, and as part of that Kickstarter, I said there was like a tier where for a certain amount of money, I would sing a cover song. My intention was a dedication, sort of a Casey Kasem thing, just to yes. just to give you some dating of yes. myself. Oh, yeah. And so I was already filming my songwriter videos in the bathroom, which I'd begun because it has two locked doors. And from the kids and the puppies, it's just the way to go. So I anticipated that I would sing these cover videos and they would just be gifts for friends. But my one of the backers, who is a dear friend of mine, said, hey, what I'd really like to do is actually sing with you in your bathroom. Can we sing this cover song? And so I'd never even sung a cover song in the bathroom. It had always been my originals. And so my friend Lori came in and we did this song and then we're like we'll just put it on the internet and I didn't even I don't know if I called a toilet I don't even remember but it's out there I could go back and watch it um and it was super fun just put it on Facebook and it was just singing we just sang the song and put it out and then another artist came up and was like hey can I sing in your bathroom and I was like okay sure and so then we sang a song and then another one Katie Vernon and Ben Cookfeltz were the first two and then I did it with a couple other people and I had a great time and it was kind of sporadic and it kept going and then COVID happened and COVID was two, the bathroom's not that big. Mm-hmm. So we switched to, I did it once it was nice out, I did some outdoor versions and then I pivoted to a more interview-based series that I used the StreamYard technology so it was a split screen situation called hey i miss you and i would you know virtually interview or from a distance however you'd call it other artists and that show ran for i don't know 40 episodes maybe wow that's a lot is that could it possibly it was a lot and i loved it i loved it so that when toilet tunes was ready when it felt good to have people in the bathroom again um i missed the interview piece and so I've pivoted in the last few years. Toilet Tunes has become a couple different things. One, it's always Fridays at noon. And it runs in season, so I take summer off specifically. And it has, we start the episode with singing a cover song together. And then I do about 15 minutes of interview. So that is so cool. Yeah. I'm, very excited to go home and it's take super fun. There's these. even an episode with Islands in the Stream that doesn't have the interview piece, but you should watch it. That's yes, fun. but that singer that you sang with, or no, no, that's with. Chris Coza. Okay, oh, it was a few years ago. Oh my gosh, so you've that's a song. I'm like, you were born to sing that song too. Oh, you're, you're sweet. It's a hard one. All the Dolly stuff is so much harder than anyone. Oh my gosh, well, she has an incredible range. She has an incredible range, incredible range. 
Lynch. And she writes melodies that are more challenging than you think because she makes it sound so effortless. I know. She is truly, truly extraordinary. And that in light of a clear blue morning, I've also sang that one before. That's a that's a humdinger too. You started with that one, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that has goes really high. I've oh. seen um the Waylon Jennings did a version yeah. of that one. So my friends and I figured out that one. I'm like, oh my gosh. I could sing Dolly all day. How often do you perform? I haven't performed hardly at all since okay. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Like before then, I had a band called Ange and the Ranch Hands, and we'd perform a lot. And then I moved to Montana. Oh. Came back right in the middle of COVID. And I haven't really found my footing yet. Like I haven't, maybe I need the songwriting thing to get back into hey. it. But I have always needed like the carrot dangling. Like what is your carrot. reason? I need a deadline serves me very, very well. And I think, I think for moms, it makes it easier to fit into motherhood. That's my premise. I could be super wrong. Someone else is going to say that's not the way, but it's hard for me to prioritize Mm -hmm. writing new songs if I don't have like a promise, you know, to somebody. Yes. I'm going to do it. And the deadline makes it feasible because when I write, I can't listen to, I don't listen to music. Really? So I, I committed to writing them very fast. So it's a weekly prompt song, right? We get our prompts on a Sunday. I turn my song in by Monday because really? otherwise my family can't listen to music either and they, they will ab- abandon me. This is, it's cruel. So yes, the deadline what is, is helpful. Um, that is very helpful. What do your kids like to listen to? Olivia Rodrigo is the big deal mm-hmm. um, for Millie and Alistair. He loves video game music, so that's he's and he knows a lot about it, uh, especially indie video game music. Interesting. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's there are some beautiful, sometimes it's really beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had Alistair always runs in phases, so there was a Weird Al Yankovic phase. Oh, there is a Imagine Dragons phase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but so Sunday is kind of like no music. In the There's house. no music on Sundays and Mondays until my song is done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in the summer that's harder on the family than it is in the winter. But mm-hmm. that's amazing that you can write a song in a day. And does it take you the whole day? Are you just like I've learned to write in? So Sundays are generally actually a busy musical day for me because I do sing at a church or I sing, I have a brunch gig. So every Sunday I'm singing a little bit and I generally on Sundays it's running, it's writing in the background, right? Like writing while I'm even talking to my kids. I'm right. Like I'm, then it's just thinking about it. And then Monday when I get them on the school bus, then I come back here and I sit down and I finish the song. I write a lot when I run. So I'll, and I write in my morning pages because I still do morning pages. Do, yes. So I would say that Sunday through Monday at 9, it's like background writing. There's not a ton of active writing. If I, I might sneak away and make a voice memo. I'm definitely writing in the journal when it's journal time. But then the active, like sitting down with the guitar happens once they're on the bus. Yes. Yeah. That is really cool. Okay, so you're a runner. Is mm-hmm. it running is a big to running just is big think. for me for thinking for singing for besides enjoying doing it for your all around health. Are you like a racer too? Do you do stuff? No, like that? I did when I so I never ran until I did. I in fact thought it was the worst. Like, I, why would anyone want to do that? But then I went through a period of time where I was sick all the time, and 
I was on a walk one day when I was finally feeling better and I was like, I wonder if I feel better enough that I could like run. I don't know why I wonder this, you know, that that comes to happen. I don't know why. And I tried running and I was like, I can run. Hmm, I feel actually kind of good. And so then (laughs) I kept running and then I thought, well, maybe I'll sign up for 5K. And my husband and I did a 5K and I was the third, I came in third place in my age bracket. And that was, you know, super You're fast. affirming. Well, I didn't know I was fast until I went to that race, and it was a small race, and that's key. Yes. <laughs> so I've done maybe five or six 5Ks, one mm-hmm. 10K, but I don't, I don't do a ton of them. Mm-hmm. It's just your time to yeah. move your body. But I run every day. You do? Mm-hmm. In the morning, generally? Always. Always. Unless I have to. I mean, unless a scheduling thing makes it impossible but I would rather run in the dark morning than run in the afternoon heat for sure oh my gosh I want and to do that if I don't are you get, a runner I'm a runner I have had period I'm not running currently right okay. now but I working out is I feel like a huge really huge part of my creative process and if yeah. I don't do it if I don't like loosen things up or get stuff out by for sure by doing that I find it really challenging to do anything creative mm-hmm. it's a huge it's a huge part of me being able to do anything. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would like to start running again though. I, my kids are starting track. Fun. The spring. They're doing track for the first year. I'm like, I first time this year and I'm like, I want to run with them. I want to yeah. like, I don't know, assist or some way in some, yeah. some way. So I think I'm ready to run again. Ready to run. Sing that song now. Right. The Dixie Chicks. Yes. I mean, um, when you sing on Sunday, what you, like, do you leave the mu- music at church or? I'm just the Singer, so there's a music director, and he and I swap lead vocals on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a That's great band. So great. The band is phenomenal. And then you go right to a brunch and sing there? It's a different, so it's Sunday is either brunch or the church. It's just that every Sunday has singing in some way. That's great. Yeah. Are you gigging a lot right now? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Well, that's with your new album, which came out last year, well, kind of new. Yeah, no, it came out in May. Wow. Have you been doing, do you play with a full band or is it? I both play with a full band and I play solo. You do? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Do you have any gigs coming up? I do. uh, How current do you, I don't know when this is coming out. Next week I'm at the Dakota. You are? Oh, you are. Yeah, you should come. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. My friend is the head chef at the Dakota. Really? I should start. Uh, You should totally come. I definitely should. Are you playing with anyone else? My band. You are? Oh my gosh. My show. My I'm, show, my band, you should come. I'm going to go. It's really fun. I love the Dakota. Oh, it's such a great place to it's see. It's so music. great. Like, I've never performed there. Have I, you been there performed a couple of times? Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, we were there twice last year. We just It's it's like twice a year since in the last decade, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the food's amazing and the people are so kind. And Then the other thing that I have going on this year, so leading up to 2024, 2023 was super busy with the album release and started the blog and I did some little tiny bit of touring and I as I was looking towards the new year I thought okay I think I need a little bit more space a little more rest possibly (laughs) and so I came up with this thought I would rest in residency and so one of the things that takes up a lot of brain space for independent musicians is booking gigs, right? And trying to schedule things and trying to figure out where you should play and when you should play. And I was like, what if I just did a monthly band gig and that was the thing? Then I'm not reaching out to venues about band gigs. I'm not 
doing any of that and I'm just trusting that once a month I get to see my band and that's a good thing. And so we are the fourth Wednesday of every month at White Squirrel, which is, have you been there at all? No, but my friend Molly Mayer does a lot of oh, stuff yes. there. And so Molly's been on Toilet Tunes. She has? Yes. I love oh Molly. my gosh. Molly and I are good buds. Oh, you are. Oh, well, nice. I'd like to think we're good buds. I hope Molly would say Well, I saw you do her lute song thing yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she does the second Wednesday, and I'm the fourth Wednesday, and it's from six to eight. And that's the other thing is like, I really do, post-COVID, there's a call to honor the fact that I'm a morning person, not a night person, right? Like, I'm not a good musician in that way. Mm-hmm. So six to eight is awesome. And uh, the other thing is last year, my guitar player, Thomas, moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. My bass player, Andrew, of a decade, he moved to Greece. And so I am now playing with new magical people. But we needed a place to find our footing together. So we are meeting once a month at the White Squirrel. Fourth, I'm calling them Let's Play Wednesdays. It's got a theme song. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I have got to get to the White yeah. Squirrel as it's well. It's super fun. And if you have you been to Molly's? No. Okay, you got to go to Molly's, which is actually tomorrow. Is it really? Okay, yeah. I'm going to go to Molly's tomorrow, you and should. it's hers late. Hers is six, six to eight. eight. Always six okay. to eight. I can do that. I mean, they have late shows, but we're we're. We're claiming the early real estate. Oh, I love that. I am not a late night person. I never have been either. So the mornings yeah. are my jam as well. Yeah. And then six to eight is fine. Yes, I could do that. Right? Especially now that it's lighter, a little bit later. Yeah. That is so cool, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, my word. So then do you just, do you practice very much before? Or is we that are new? doing one practice. We've been doing one practice a month where rather than the emphasis being on practice Mm -hmm. because again it's called let's play wednesday so the desire is to kind of show up and see what happens keep it as loose as possible um we once a month we get together and we mostly are just testing out the waters on new tunes rather than running over old tunes and i make then i make soup for us afterwards so we call it the soup and hang it's the shang oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that's so neat i know they have great cocktails mocktails Mm -hmm. wine beer all that T what is it THCBD yeah. something stuff all of that but they don't have food mm-hmm. so you, you can bring you have soup after what was it like starting with new band members yeah was that fun it, oh it's it is fun it's um I'm very much a attached person mm-hmm. so there was both this it happened very gradually and very naturally in that it was like Dave Mailing started pl- produced our record here's to you. Mm-hmm. Dave is an excellent guitar player and keyboard player, so Dave started playing in Tom's, started filling that role. And it just happened very naturally. And they're super good friends, so it feels... My whole band, I've been very... Because your podcast is called Dwelling in Magic, it's felt like a very magical experience mm-hmm. in that... Or synchronistic, if you want to get yes. your artist way back out. Because <laughs> I found... Tom through a bizarre turn of events that involved my dad and then when I needed a new bass player Tom found Andrew and then when I needed a drummer Tom or Andrew found Zach and then we needed another drummer and Lars came in through Tom and Andrew and then whenever Andrew's gone off like he's helped me find the bass players and so it's just been like hand holding throughout like I could actually nerdily like as a just a big woo woo nerd like imagine each time that they were like passing the baton or like hey you you pop in over there you know yes. and we've got this little web of 
of love. That's how it. That's how I see it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is really beautiful. How cool to yeah. have it. Have I love when things. Well, almost everything is connected. It like is. That. This but one's just overtly connected. Right. Oh I think gosh. everything is connected, and if you like, most of us, if we took the time to like honor the underneath the undergirding mm-hmm. of the situation we'd see it but this one was quite like smack dab in front of your face like here's how it goes this leads to this to this to this to this oh my gosh that is really really beautiful hmm. and i love how your band like zo- zooming off to greece and mexico yeah, i know what brave people in this world they are brave people they're brave beautiful people and oh. they yeah yeah i feel really lucky writing well you are writing all yep. the time right now so yep. you'll try will they other bandmates write as well and bring songs as are you mostly doing nope it? I yeah because it's it's we're not like a band in that way right it's yes. still Sarah Morris so which but we're a band you know like I I would if somebody wanted if they brought in a song and said hey Sarah you want to sing this I would be over the moon about it yeah but that has not happened okay. yet I would love it I've collaborated with them in very specific like arranging ways, like Lars and I did. Uh, Lars is Lars plays drums with me, and he and I made a Christmas album together where Lars did all the tracking and I did the vocals, and we like dreamed that together. But we didn't co-write anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were like full-on music and mm-hmm. full-on podcasting and singing with other people. You just have your hands in so many beautiful, wonderful, fun oh, things. I try to. I'm a messy person. Messy maker. <laughs> and I do love, you know, we have a beautiful community here. Mm-hmm. Something I feel like it's good for me to honor is when I moved back from Nashville, my first thing was like, this is not Nashville. I am. Nashville is amazing. And I've had a little bit of a, like, chip. You know, and then that went away real fast because I was like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. Like, everyone is amazing. And the more I kept, the first few years I was pretty insulated with, like, I just didn't know many people. I have tended to be uh, shyer in social situations. Definitely was back then. I'm a little more willing to, like, make a first move now, I think. But back then, too nervous to talk to strangers and I don't know we're just it's a very lovely scene here Mm -hmm. filled with people whose talent blows my mind on the regular people whose eye for community blows my mind on the regular like I just think it's a good thing it really is people willing to help and also just yeah, like you said, so inspiring, so talented. Yeah. And you don't have to look far at all. No. To find people no. who are like... You'd actually have to close your eyes to like not see it because it's yes. that obvious. Yes. How, okay, so how many people have you had in Toilet Tunes now? So we celebrated the 100th episode with the finale, which was in June of that season. And now I've done uh, probably 20 since then. So and there have been a few repeat guests. Uh-huh. But I would guess that it's a hundred. That's and most of them are come physically to your bathroom. Well, all the toilet tunes people do. They do. Hey, I miss you is separate, but yeah, yeah. And most of the hey, I miss you guests have also been toilet tunes. The nice thing about hey, I miss you was that I did get to interview some natural friends because 
because. But yes. I've had some touring musicians come through and do Twilight Tunes also. So. Oh my gosh, has any guest that I mean, I'm sure all of them amazing in some ways, but like, has anything just like totally surprised you in Twilight Tunes? Like, oh my yeah, gosh, that that's was a good question. So magical or unexpected awesomeness. A lot. A I lot. mean, that happens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite episodes pre-COVID was there's this duo out of Texas. They live in Texas now. I don't know where they're originally out of. Called Ordinary Elephant. And they are married partners as well as musical partners. Fantastic. At harmonies and very intensely like connected performers. You know, like eye contact for days and so when they when I was to sing with them I was like where do I even go in this scene you know like I didn't know where to put my body and I mean I figured it out but they were that was really cool because it was me saying you know this might be like my show but it's your show and I'm just like leaping into your moment because they were a thing they were a full-on unit um recently I think I'm often, I learn music all the time because people bring in, the, the guest supplies the song, mm-hmm. the cover song. So recently I did Molly Brandt and she, one, it was fun as heck to sing with her. She's phenomenal. But two, she brought in this Lucius song and I had not deep dived into Lucius at all. And there was like, it was amazing. That was a good surprise. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How fun. Is it hard for you to ask people or are you really, after a hundred plus plus episodes it must be you know natural. what's interesting with toilet tunes and about that song when i it is hard for me to ask for anything for myself like i get nervous like if i'm going to say if i was to say like oh will you listen to my record or would you listen to my would you listen to my original song that i put out like you that's hard for me to say but will you be on toilet tunes is easier because there's a slight level of remove. I don't know why. Also, the whole point of Toilet Tunes is to celebrate the other artists. So basically, I'm saying, like, would you come here and let me talk about your awesomeness? So maybe that's why it's okay. Yes. 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 I, I am comfortable with receiving no's there. Because I also know what a weird request it is. Like, I've the other thing I would say is a surprise with Toilet Tunes is there have definitely been... At least 10 guests that I did not meet until they showed up to sing in my bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's phenomenal that people are willing to say, sure, stranger, I'll sing with you just because I saw you on the internet. (laughs) Like, it's just such an act of trust and I don't take it for granted. So Joanne Parker is someone that the first time I met her, she showed up to sing in my bathroom and that blew me away. Mm -hmm. Both her kindness, how easy it was to collaborate with her. Um, and again, just that act of her trusting me was really special. Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel too. I feel humbled every single time. Yep. Every single time I feel so grateful to have gotten to listen into someone's story and hear how one artist moves through the world. I just want to end this with hearing Sarah's beautiful lilting voice because it carries you to other places and I think it's the perfect way to say goodbye. Until next time, friends, tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life.
Just back in.